0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Yes, here we deal with the real issues. We're gonna go on the inside. Jesus said we must be able to take the plank out of our own eye before we can see the splinter in our brothers or sisters' eyes. It's all about the inner healing. How many of you know this? What's what's in us is coming. Out of us, but I, I dropped in for a second, for a minute, for a moment because I want to talk about praying your complaints. Let's file it. You want to fight, you got to dispute, you got to worry, you got to care. Well, we're going to talk about praying your complaints. We're complaining about it because we're not praying about it. <laughs> you guys know, we hey, we're getting ready to pray first. You already know. We're going to go before the throne and acknowledge God in all our ways. Father, we just thank you for being here together with us, for being in the midst of us, Lord God, for causing us to be the head and not to tell above and not beneath, Lord God, for always being available to us, for being omnipotent, omnipresent, everywhere at the same time, knowing everything. Father, you told us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, just to let our requests be made known unto you. Excuse me. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, you promised us will cover our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. So we come before you today, this day, Lord God, making our requests, fouling our complaints, casting our cares upon you. Because we know that you care about us, Lord God. You are a father. We're your children. And you're our Father. And Father, I ask that you know my lips of clay. Speak to me. Use my vocal cords. You say whoever yield, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we're serving to. So, Lord God, I serve you. I yield myself to you. I'm here not to resist you, but to yield to you. So, I ask that you give us a rainbow word. For when we pray, you not only hear us, but you will answer us when we ask according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask all these things and we ask for your wisdom, and we ask for your rhema. Give us a revelation as we come before you, hungering and seeking and thirsting after righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys again for joining in. Today we're going to be talking about praying your complaints. <laughs> you want to file a dispute? You know, Um, when we, when we um, have a problem with something, or we order something, and it's not what we want, it's not how we want, or whatever, we call customer support and we file our complaint or we tell we want a refund. This is not what we wanted. We don't want this. We don't want this. This is not what we ask for. And how many of you know that when life, when things happen and we get what we don't ask for, then we can file our dispute. <laughs> we don't have to complain about it. We can pray about it. That's how we file our complaints with our Heavenly Father. Be anxious for nothing. Today we're going to come before uh, come out of Philippians 4, 6 through 10. Where the word of the Lord tells us. He says, uh, finally brother. He tells us uh, to be anxious for nothing. But be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer, uh, thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer and thanksgiving. Through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, just let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he said, listen here. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. One, one says, uh, "Cast your cares, your concerns." Don't, don't be, uh, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be worrying about nothing. Don't be fretful about anything. Don't be complaining about nothing. I need you to file your complaints. We don't have to call a friend and file our complaints with them. We can call on Jesus and file our complaints with Him. You know, uh, the Word of God tells us and teaches us. He said, "Cast your cares." upon the Lord because he cares for you. What is it? What is that? What does that mean? How do you cast your cares? What does that look like? Well, we cast our cares through prayer. We pray about it. We don't complain about it. We make our requests known unto God through prayer with supplications with Thanksgiving. We, we go before the father and we tell him, look here, dad, this is my problem, but this is what you, this is your promise. You know what is the problem? Don't pray the problem, pray the promise. Find out what the Word of God says. What is the counsel of God concerning that worry, that care, that fear? Is it is it health? Uh, what is it? What is what is the, what is the problem? Is it your family? What does He say? Acts sixteen thirty one. If you believe, not only shall you be saved, but your household, is your children, your worry, is your finances your worry? Well, He's promised to supply all our needs according to His riches and glory, Christ Jesus. He is our Abba Father. I want to exhort you, encourage you, and remind you that we're here because it was God's idea. And we're here on assignment. We're here on on a divine assignment. God created us to not just worship him. Uh, That was the original plan. Uh, But God uh, created us so we can can, uh, represent him in the earth. We are uh, ambassadors of Christ. We're all called to be ambassadors of Christ and ministers or reconciliators. We're called to reconcile people back to the Father. That's our our primary call. That's our primary purpose in whatever arena or whatever way he chooses to use you, whether it's a prophet, pastor, preacher, teacher, a saint, evangelist, or whatever, whatever... Uh, way God chooses to use us our ultimate, the end goal is always the same, to reconcile people back to Christ, that the Father be glorified, that Christ be lifted up, not us but that Christ be lifted up, he said our gift, uh, he will make room our gift will make room for us and bring us before great men, we don't have to try to make room for our gift God says, your gift will bring, I'll I'll use your gift to bring you into the room that cause you to stand before great men Um, But when God promotes us, we're going to have, he's going to promote us with character, with character, because like I said, true ministry begins at home because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. OK, so you can preach and not have character. You can teach and not have character. The people might not know, but God will know. And eventually, how many of you know that everything done in the dark will be made manifest by the light? So it's always good to deal with those things that we think is secret, those secret areas in our lives, those hidden things, that the, you know, those things that we don't think nobody can see because God can see. Okay, and he always deals with us in private before he goes public, <laughs> before he allows us to be exposed. And even in the exposure, it's all about the love because he's always going to deal with you before he lets someone else know. If he lets someone else know, it's so they can pray for you. Okay, by the time it's done reach the ear of the prophet or whoever the, the apostle or the pastor or whoever he wants to give it to. Um, by the time it's reached their ear, uh, you have already known about it. Um, I'm trying to talk about filing our complaints, our disputes before the Lord. But I'm sensing he's taking me in another direction. Um, promise me that when correction comes, you won't run. Um, because the, the, Jesus, the word of God tells us that God chastised those that he loves. Right, and those that are without chastisement are bastards. They're none of his. That's what the word says. Don't get offended. That's what the word says. They're none of his because when you care about people, you tell them the truth. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. Right. So, um, I don't know. He's taking me here. He's taking me here. He's taking me here. Uh, Um, I did a podcast on this already about we have to have character. How we have to have character. Um, to go with the call we have to have character because the gift can get you in the room but your character will keep you in the room and we can't be having more respect for the for the uh for the people outside and don't have no respect for our for our family and our friends and our husbands and our children on the inside because um, that's not being real right so ministry begins at home make let's just make sure that our home life is straight so when we go on the outside you know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's not that you're not gifted. It's not that you're, you know, the gift comes from God, the gifts and callings. So let's stay humble. Let's be humble because um what is it we have that we did not receive? But I'm trying to stick with this here. Um, um fouling our complaints, foul your dispute with the Lord, fouling your dispute with the Lord. Foul your dispute. Be anxious for nothing. Then he goes on to say uh, Philippians 4 and uh, 7, 8, somewhere down there. Um, and um, that we need to that we need to uh, after we finish filing our complaints, he said we need to fix our mind. We need to fix our mind. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are are, are, are true, uh, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. I, I, I'm, those are the things that we need to think on. He goes on to tell us what it is that we need to think on after we filed our complaint. Philippians 4 and 6. Finally, brother, don't work, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. He's telling us how to file our complaint. I do credit repair, and so when I'm disputing someone's credit, this is basically what we're doing. We're we're finding out what's wrong with, and we're filing it. We're filing the complaint. Um. So the you those things that we're talking about, those things that. We're not praying about, but we're talking about. These are your disputes. These are your complaints. These are the things that we need to take to the Lord in prayer. Find out what the word of God says. Find the promise and pray the promise. What does the word of God say? This this is through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You know, the Bible's this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, he not only hears us, but he will answer. Okay, so what is it? We have to pray and ask God things according to his word, his will, right? God watched over his own word to perform it because God and his word is one. Okay. So God cannot tell us a lie because his word is who he is. And how many of us know that the same way, likewise, our word is who we are. It's a part of us. Our word supposed to be our bond. But a lot of us, we're not God, so sometimes we don't keep our word. But if you find when you can't keep it, you need to call, you need to text, you need to do something and let that person know because you've been ensnared by the words of your mouth. That's all dealing with your character. How we treat people, that's our character. That's our character. That's our character. How we treat people is our character. Um, We suppose we have the fruits of the Spirit in us as believers, but we have to allow them to be developed through us. So go back and get your home life right, okay? Because you can't tell me to do something. It's not fair to tell people to do something and you ain't doing it yourself. Hold on, wait a minute. I don't know. The Holy Spirit is taking me here. This is, I'm trying to talk about filing our complaints. Okay. All I'm saying is we have to get our home life in order because that's where ministry begins. If husbands need to love their wife, they need to protect their wife. They need to cover their wife. Wives need to respect their husbands. Okay. We need to get our home life in order. Because that what, you know, one of the things that I always said when I first accepted Christ, I will not be a hypocrite. I would not. I refuse because I don't know about you, but I did not get saved to live the same kind of way. I did not. The reason I got saved is because I knew I was a mess. And I was so convinced that my way was the wrong way that I don't, I didn't want anything to do with those old ways. I had come to the end of myself and I realized that as good as I thought I was, I was not good at all. Because my goodness and my righteousness outside of Jesus Christ was like a filthy rag. It doesn't matter how morally you think you are or how law-abiding you think you are. I always tell people, why live here on earth and follow all the laws of the land? and die and go to hell because we did not accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior we can't we have to go through Christ Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father except through me if you try to get to God the father any other way you're a thief and a robber now I don't know uh, because I'm, I'm probably having some listeners that don't believe in Jesus but I don't know what the problem is. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is not the problem. Go back and listen to my podcast. Don't blame God because God didn't do it. God is good. And every good and perfect gift comes from God under this new covenant. Okay? God didn't do it. So you're angry. And then when people say they don't believe in Jesus. what? Why is it? does it make you so angry? Something that you don't believe in shouldn't bother you. If you don't believe in it, if it's not real, it shouldn't be a problem for you. Okay? Um, The Holy Spirit, I asked him to take me where he wanted to go. I told him I wanted to yield my members to him. So we're going to just flow with wherever he wants me to go. Um, Again, I'm saying file your complaints with the Lord. Whatever your complaints, if you don't believe God is real, that's a complaint. Go file your dispute with the Lord. Tell him if you don't think he's real. <laughs> he already knows. God is so patient and kind. You know, the Bible says that uh, it's by faith and grace that we're saved. Because the way he, even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Knowing that we didn't believe in him, he knew that I was going to deny him for 24 years. But yet and still he waited on me. He waited on you. He still went and did what he had to do. Because it wasn't about who we were. It was about who he was. It was his love that drove him to do the right thing. It was his love for us that caused him to love us. It was who he is. God, God love for us is not based upon who we are or how we are. God's love is based upon who he is. So here we have the Father and um uh, if life is giving you what you don't want so return it tell the devil I don't accept this this is not mine healing is not mine I've been redeemed from the curse of the law if it's not from God if it's from the devil tell him hey I'm going to my dispute before the lord say lord listen here um, Act sixteen thirty one, my Abba Father, it says, if I believe, not only shall I be saved, but my children shall be saved. You did not create us to go to hell. You, that's not your, that's that's not your will. That's not what you want. You wish that none should perish. Take it to the Lord in prayer. File your complaint in prayer. Foul your take it to be anxious for nothing, whatever that thing is that's causing you to feel anxious, whatever that thing is that's causing you to feel worried, whatever that thing is that's causing you to feel fearful, whatever it is that's causing you to feel doubtful, take it, foul your complaint in prayer, take it to the Lord in prayer. What is the counsel of God? Find out what the Word of God says about it. Then the peace of God, what passes all understanding, will cover your heart mind, Christ Jesus. Through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known. You Take your complaints to the Lord. You can let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6, 10. That's where we're coming from. Go back and read it. Philippians 4, 6, and 10. If you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling worried, if, if you're feeling discouraged, you take those complaints. And phylum. We don't have to talk about it. We can pray about it through prayer and supplication. What is it? What is it? Is it your marriage? Is it your kids? Is it your finances? What is it? Because if it cares, if it's a concern of yours, if it's a fear, if it's a worry, if it's a doubt, whatever it is, our Abba Father said, bring it here. Bring it to me. I can handle this. Cash your cares. cash your worries. Cast your fears upon me. Because I care about what you care about. Casha cares upon me, says the Lord. The ain't is for nothing. You don't have to worry about anything. The Lord is saying, we're not alone. It doesn't matter how alone you feel. It's not possible to be alone. God is everywhere at the same time. And the very breath that we breathe comes from him. How can we be alone when God is the one giving us our breath to breathe? And as born again believers, God is not just with us. God is not just for us, but the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. It's not possible to be alone. God is everywhere at the same time. He's a present help in our time of trouble. That means he's already in the trouble before we get into the trouble. He's already ahead of us. He's not confined by time. He's already in my tomorrow. Jesus said, take, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of his own, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. For I clothe the lilies of the field and I feed the birds of the air. Don't you know you're more important to God than those things? And, don't, and, t- and take no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of his own. Have no confidence in the arm of flesh. Don't have no confidence in your own ability, but have faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I always tell people that when we're feeling hopeless, that's because we're faithless. Um, the devil is coming to steal the word. That's what he wants. Because if he can steal the word, if he can steal the word, he can, he can, uh, he can steal our faith. He can, if he can steal the word, he can kill our faith and destroy our hope. Faith is the substance of things. Isn't that what he came to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's exactly what he came to do. Don't let the devil steal the word. Foul your complaint. Because see, when we start complaining, that's how he steals the word. Because we know that life and death is in the power of our tongue. And we know, understand that we're framing our world with our words. That's what God did, right? He said it. He smoked it, and that's what it was. Adam smoked it. He said, you a dog. And the dog started barking like a dog, right? He He brought the animals to Adam. He said, whatever you call it, that's what it'll be. And that's the same way with us. We are speaking spirits. And whatever we're calling it, that's what it is. And then we say, see, I told you. Yeah, that's what you said. And that's what it is. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. Let's make sure that when we're speaking or we're prophesying, That we're prophesying with a clear well. That our heart motive is good. Um, Because in pure, in order to have a pure heart, our motives have to be right. In order to have a pure heart, we can't have offense or unforgiveness in our heart. Because that's not a clean well. That's not a pure heart. We're not saying things from a sincere motive. Okay? We want to be led by the spirit of the living God. We want our hearts to be pure. When our heart is pure, our motive for what we say is pure. And everything that we do, it will be pure. It will be clean. The pure in heart. It's the pure in heart. My motive, my mission is God. My motive is love. And um, really, my heart desire is just to see people delivered and set free. That's my only, mode. That's my only heart desire. It, um, and that a Christ be lifted up and that people be drawn to him. I'm a Christ promoter. When Christ is lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. I'm a minister, a reconciliator, and ambassador of Christ. We all are. This, since we need a title, I'm telling you, that's your title. As born-again believers, we are disciples of Christ. That's what, we, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be developing disciples, not church members. But we're supposed to be developing uh, disciples. We're supposed to be preparing people and equipping people for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not in the building. Our service in the building is serving saints. But the work of the ministry, those are the people Christ came for, the ones that's sick. He, came, he said, "I didn't come for those as well. I came for the sick." So we prepare and equip people inside the building, so I, and because we're the church. And then we take what we hear if we're being properly prepared and equipped, and then we we use it in the world. We use it at the grocery store. We use it at our workplace. We use it when God when we're encountering people. Use it at the swimming pool. You know, because when we're properly prepared, you know, we have to be taught how to witness. Our testimony is our witness. We have to be taught how to be led by the spirit of God. Because when we're not led by the spirit of God, we don't know how to do things outside of, uh, of someone telling us. And that means we're not being properly prepared. As parents, our goal in life when we have children is to uh, train them and prepare them and equip them for the real world. Because we know that when they get older, eventually they're going to leave home. And that's the same way spiritually. You're not, people aren't to be held hostage. We're to prepare them, equip them and for the work of the ministry. That's something I love to see. I love to see people's lives transformed and changed by the power of God, by the word of God. I love to see people develop so they can walk in to what God has called them and created them for. I love seeing people walk in their purpose. That's what God created us for. He wants us to fly like eagles. So the purpose of, we're supposed to be making disciples, not church members. Um, I I see going to uh, uh, the the church as like going, supposed to be like going to school and, or, you know, uh, going to be taught and trained. And then eventually we're going to be shipped out. But sometimes we don't want people to leave the nest. So we try to sabotage. Um, But that's not the nature of God. He wants people uh, as they begin to develop and grow and come into the identity and understand and know who they are, not in Christ, and also learn to understand what their purpose and their call is in Christ. Then it's time to go. You know, um, in the birds, they take, uh, as the babies begin to get older, first they, they start break. they bring the food to them. The mother bird will go out and find the worm and bring the, bring the uh, worm to the nest so the baby can eat where the babies are. But when the babies start getting older, the the, the mother bird will take her beep and start pushing the, the, the chicks out of the nest. She'll push them out of the nest. She's saying it's time to go fend for yourself. You know, you're strong enough. I fed you enough. Now you need to go so you can grow and fend for yourself. And um, when we're preparing people and equipping them for the work of the ministry, this is what this is. We we have to be teaching them the doctrines of Christ. Um, we need to know how to witness to people. Um, we, we need to know how to lay hands on the sick because this is not just for the altar workers. This is for everyone. He said, they that believe, they can lay hands on the sick. They can cast out devils. We <laughs> we need to be, you know, I, I thank God that when I first got saved, that's what he sent me to. He sent me to, uh, he put me up on the apostolic leader. Um, and that's I mean, devil's manifesting, that was just an everyday service. That was normal. That wasn't, you know. They'd be up there, my pastor'd be up there preaching, and it wasn't nothing for a devil to start growling. The the I mean, they was anointed anointed. The power of God would show up. Uh we wouldn't stop service. They'd take them out, cast the devil out, and they'd keep preaching. You not you know, you're not distracting or anything. You're not gonna interrupt the word. I mean, that was just a normal everyday service. But now we're running from demons. We're hiding from demons. We're counseling demons instead of casting out demons. And, and and a lot of us, there's, hold on. Remember, you promised that you would not run when a correction comes. There's no condemnation in this. We're, we're going from faith to faith because we have to be taught something. We have to know how to do it before we can do it. There's no condemnation here. I'm um, saying so we have to be taught how to... Uh, taught that we can do it. We're we're not the audience. This is not, you know, the purpose for coming to church is not so we can sit back and be the audience. And, you know, it's like going to a concert. We're going to be in inter- it. That's not what this is. We're here so we can learn. It's like a school, you know, so we can be prepared. So we. that's why we have to be teaching the word and preaching the word so people can grow in their faith, from faith to faith. We got people 30 years old, never cast out a devil. We got people 30 30 years saved, never prayed and led anyone to Christ. There's no condemnation because I get it. You know, we have to be taught how to do. That's why teachers are so important because it doesn't matter what your call is. Everyone needs a teacher. Even a teacher needs a teacher, (laughs) right? So, um, we have to, we can know a lot of things, but one of the things I ask is, Do you know how to do what you know? Are you just well versed, or do you really know how to do what it is you know? Do you know what that looked like when He say, Greater is He that's within me than He that's in the world? Do you understand what that means? Do you know what that looked like? Do you understand that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? I remember when the Lord gave me the revelation on that scripture. I mean, I knew the scripture, but when he gave me the revelation, it's a difference in having the, um, the logos and having a rhema. When the Holy Spirit gave me the rhema word, oh my goodness, that's when it was real to me. That's when he revealed it to me. Those who fear the Lord, he'll reveal himself to them. He will make his covenant known to them. Jesus said, I no longer call you a servant, but a friend. Um, because the servant doesn't know the father's business, but a friend does. Are you a friend of God? There's no condemnation. To be a friend with God, we have to walk in fellowship with God. We got to spend time with God. To be a friend of God, we got to spend time with God. To be a friend with God of God, we have to walk in fellowship with God. We have to walk in submission to God. And when we walk in fellowship and submission, and then we walk in agreement with him. And then we can have say that we have true fellowship with him. And when we have fellowship with him, he will make his covenant known to us. God will let you in on some inside secrets. He'll let you see some. He let Peter in on the inside secret. The father let him in on something. And he said, well, who do you say I am? Jesus was asking his disciples. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah. But Jesus said, Peter, who do you say I am? He said, you are Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He said, well, flesh and blood. See, there's no way in the natural. What Jesus was saying was, my father in heaven, he revealed this to you. That was a rhema word because in the natural, there's no way you could have known that. You know, I mean, his spirit had not even yet been on the inside of them. But he said, there's no way you could know this except my father, which in heaven, He he's revealed this to you. This was a rhema word. We can know a lot of stuff, but is it a rhema word? Because a rhema word is when the Holy Spirit reveals that word to you and it becomes real to you. When God is real to you, that's when we have a revelation of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. When he he reveals himself, he said he will he will make his covenant known to those who reverence him. He will make his covenant known to those who respect him. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but yet we still walk in darkness, first John tells us. He said we are a A liar and the truth is not in us. It doesn't matter how well you preach, how well you teach. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter how well we how many Bible verses we know if we're not walking in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't have a revelation of who he is, you can't walk in fellowship with someone you don't know. Yes, God and his word is one, but we have to become doers of the word. The Bible says, be doers of the word. Any area in our lives that we know that we're not in line with God's word, we are in rebellion. King Saul did everything right except the one thing. But because he did that one thing wrong, everything about him became wrong. He said, uh, King Saul. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I told you to kill everything to slay everything. But you're going to go and keep the fatted calves and the goats and all that stuff. Talking about You want to sacrifice that to me. That had nothing to do with me. That was something that you wanted to do. That had nothing to do with me, said the Lord. King Saul did what he wanted to do and said, well, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. I'm going to keep this part right here. I'm going to keep this. We cannot manipulate the will of God. It's what he wants. It's called rebellion. It's what he wants. That's what it is. It's what it's what he says, that's what it is. He he tried to manipulate the will of God. This is what I told you to do. And this I said kill everything, Saul. Kill everything, King Saul. But no, you want to keep a little bit talking about this is I'm gonna sacrifice. That's not what he said. So then he sent the prophet alongside to tell him what he said. Unless we're doing what God said, then we're not doing what God said. Unless we're doing what God said, we're not doing what God said. Excuse me. Until we do what God say, we're not doing what God say. There you, the Bible say that um the Bible says that, um, excuse me, I had to take a break for a minute. But the Bible says that um King Solomon he did not follow God completely. He didn't finish assignment. He didn't because God told him not to intermarry with the uh with with the uh women with the Amalekites and with the women that, um, I'm sorry about this, I'm in my car. He told them not to intermarry with women of other faith because they was going to turn his heart away from him. And he did not listen. We can't just do what we want to do. We don't, we can't do, I, you know, I did this podcast, are we doing things our way, are we doing things God's way? We can't just do what we want to do and say, well, uh, let's quit compromising. Nobody's impressed with how many Bible verses you know if you don't do what you know. Well, we're not, because God knows if we're doers of the word. He said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. So it's not enough for us just to know Bible verses. We actually have to do what it says. I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit here. I'm talking about filing your complaints (laughs) i'm gonna go where he tells me because someone needs to hear this but he's talking about filing your disputes filing your complaints what is your complaint quit complaining about your spouse and start praying for your spouse quit quit complaining about your kids and start praying for your kids quit uh, complaining about your uh finances whatever it is i don't know you know when you're on the phone that conversation that you're having uh Put put in this, it ain't nothing but a bunch of complaining. Pray about those things. Those things that, those are your worries. Those are your cares. Those are your fears. I know a lot of us probably say, well, I'm not worried about nothing. Yes, you are. Because we're not um, giving God thanks. He said, be anxious for nothing but in everything. Philippians 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer, with, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, just let your request be made known unto God, he's telling us come on, file your complaint through prayer supplication with thanksgiving, let's just come on, let your request be made known unto me how many of you know that God already know what the problem is because he's all knowing right, he's everywhere at the same time, and he's He's omnipresent and he's omnipotent He's omnipotent means he knows everything omnipresent means he's everywhere at the same time So, we need to make our requests known unto God. What is the problem? What are you afraid? What are your fears? What are your cares? Your concerns are your cares. Some people say, well, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. No, you're worried. Okay? And if we don't get rid of that care, it's going to turn into a fear. We got to cast it. Deal with it in uh, with while well, it's a seed. Deal with it. We deal with it in its infancy. We won't have to deal with it when it grows into a great big 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 tree. And watch your words, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you're watering the seed with your word. We're watering it with our word. We're watering it. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and we will eat the fruit thereof. We're going to have what we say. So, just see your words as seeds being sown. Don't foul your complaint through prayer. Don't complain about it. Pray about it. Stop complaining about it and pray about it. What is it you're complaining about? Maybe complaining about it, you can take it and reverse it. And say, Lord, I sure do thank you for these feet that I got to walk on instead of complaining about how bad they hurt. Lord, I thank you through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So when I'm saying, Lord, I sure do thank you that it's in you and because of you that I live and and have my being, that these bones and this body was created by you. And I sure do thank you that I got legs. I thank you that I got feet. I thank you. You know, reverse that curse uh, by saying what God say. Because when we're not saying what God say, we're saying what the devil wants us to say. We're saying what our flesh wants to say. God is not... uh, He wants us to be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Quit complaining about your kids. Because all we're doing is speaking curses. When we're not blessing people, we're cursing people. A lot of times we think curses is just incantations and witchcraft prayers and just saying. But when we're speaking evil of someone, we're cursing them. When we're speaking evil, we're cursing people. And we're not praising them, we're cursing them. Let's quit put away that evil speaking, saying those evil things, those evil words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Quit calling your kids bad. Watch your words. Quit saying your prophesying over your kids. Oh, he's going to be bad. Oh, he's going to get in a lot of trouble in school. I can already see that. Quit with all of that. Oh, he's hyper. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's there. They're this. They're that. Watch your words. I learned that real early as a baby Christian. I wouldn't let people just sit up and say things about my kids. Oh, they're bad. No, they're not bad. They did. A, they made a bad decision, just like we do. Don't, don't, don't confuse what they do, what a person do, or what you do. Don't even confuse what you do as being you. What you do is not who you are. It's an act in which we allow flesh to commit. We are who God says we are. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We're in and out to tell, above and not beneath. We're more than conquerors, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's who we are. We're, child, we're children of God. We're children of the Most High God. God is our Abba Father. We're kings, we're priests, we're sons and daughters of God. That's who we are. What you do is not who you are. Let me ask you this question. If what you do is who you are, then who are you when you can no longer do what you do or you no longer have what you have? You are who God says you are. It, it's like this. Me doing something bad don't change the fact that I'm a female. I'm a female. That doesn't change who I am. It just means I made a bad choice, but it doesn't change who I am. I'm still a female. And and that's the same way. When we do things that's contrary to who God is, that you're not bad. What you did was you made a bad choice. You made a bad decision. You did. You allow, we allow our flesh to do a bad thing for whoever we yield our members to that's who we servant to come on out let's come out the condemnation because condemnation comes from the devil Right, but there's therefore now no condemnation, Romans 8 and 1, to those who uh, walk not according to the flesh, but to those that are in the spirit not live according to the flesh. But because if we live to the flesh, we will die. But if we live according to the spirit, we will live. If we live according to the flesh, it's going to keep us separated from God. Doing what our flesh wants, doing what we want, which is contrary to what God wants, is going to cause us to be at odds with God. You're going to feel guilt and condemnation. Whenever we live a life, a flesh lifestyle, I don't know about you, but when I backslid and started trying to do what I wanted to do, the hand of the Lord was heavy on my head. The devil had access to me. Whenever we're not doing what God say do, we, the devil has access into our lives. We, we think that backsliding is smoking, drinking, drugging. No, backsliding is a matter of the heart. And when we lose our desire for the Lord, we lose our desire for the things of God. When we lose our fire for God, we're backslidden. It's a matter of the heart. Everything starts on the inside before it starts on the outside. Everything starts with a thought. You don't just wake up one day and say you're going to kill somebody unless the person is demon-possessed. But you plotted it. You had to buy the guns. You had to order the guns. You had to get the ammunition. You had to write out a plan on how you had time to think. That's why it's called premeditated. But my my thing is following your complaint with the Lord. Be still and know that God is, is who he says he is. He is a present help. He will rescue us. He will rescue us. And after you've suffered a little while... He, God himself will establish you, settle you, and confirm you. That's what his word says to us. Fear not, for the Lord thy God is with you. His, The spirit of the living God is in you. And because God is for you, nothing and nobody can be against you. So instead of stop saying what you want and start praying what you uh don't want, stop saying what you don't want and start praying about what you do want. File your complaints. When you file a complaint, when you call the customer service number, is to tell them what the problem is. You're making your request known unto them. You're, you're filing your supplication. You're filing your dispute. you saying, look, this is not what I ordered. This is not the right thing. And they say, okay, calm down. We're going to make this right. But, and, and the only way they know that something was wrong is because you contacted them because you gave them a call. But God is not like that because he knows everything. But he's saying, why won't you pray? Why don't you come to me with this? I can I can handle this. This is why I'm telling you to take my yoke upon me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I didn't quit create you to be able to carry that. That load is too heavy. The reason you're feeling so heavy is because you're carrying the load. You're, you're not prepared and equipped to do what I've called you to do. I didn't call you to carry that. I told you to cast it upon me. I I can handle that. You can't handle that. Cast your cares. Cast your worries. Cast your fears. Let's quit talking about the problem. And let's start praying about the problem. Through prayer, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known unto God. Quit saying those evil things about your spouse. Quit that because those are curses. A blessing and cursing should not be coming from the same mouth. The Bible said salt water and clear water, it shouldn't come from the same mouth. But if we call it to be the salt of the earth, and with the salt loses its flavor, you know salt ain't good for nothing if it don't taste like nothing. The purpose of the salt is to give it some flavor. We're, our lifestyle should make people hungry. Thirsty should make people thirsty for God. That's what salt does. It should make you thirsty. It should make you w- thirsty for God. We are the light of the world where lights shine. Our lifestyle is the light. The Bible says that an unbelieving spouse can be one without a word just by our quiet, mean spirit. Come on, let's get our house in order. Sometimes people can't hear us because they see us. And actions, contrary to what we want to believe, actions really do speak louder than words. So let's get our life in order. When correction comes, let's not run. Let's not say, I hear you, but let's act on what the word says. Because until King Saul, until you do what I say, until it doesn't matter. You know, um, King Solomon, he was still giving people words of wisdom, but he was in rebellion. He was getting with these, he was intermarrying with the women God told him not to marry. Having all these kids. And eventually, just like he said, they turned his heart away from God. But, you know, the greatest deception is self-deception. Get your house in order. Because when your house is not in order, everything else is out of order. Because, you know, the Bible say it's better not to want to be a teacher because a teacher is going to be judged more strictly than anyone else. Why? Because, you know, when you know, the Bible say when we know to do good and we don't do it for us, it's sin. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and go cleave to his wife. The Bible say for the husband to love his wife, uh, to love his wife and for the wife to respect her husband. Why didn't he tell the wife to love her husband? Because first of all, love is respect. It's easy for the sometimes for women to love because they're nurturers by nature. But he said, you need to love her. You need to love her. You need to be with her. You need to be with your wife. Husband, band your wife. We need to be together as husbands and wives. Let, let me hit this for a minute. The world says that if you're married, but you're not together, then you're single. The devil is a liar. Because as long as you're married, you're still married. Matter of fact, the Bible says as, as wives and husbands, do not uh, separate yourself from each other except through prayer and fasting. And then we need to, uh, you know, check with our spouse to see if that's okay. Because all that long time apart from each other, it gives place to the devil. I don't. I'm. I'm just saying what I hear the spirit of the Lord is saying. We have to get our house in order. Let's get our mouths in order. When we get our words in order, and we, it's going. Uh, we get our thoughts in order. Then we can begin to line up with the Word of God, and our life can be in order. We can't halfway do what God said do that's what Saul did that's what King Solomon did. The Bible said he did not obey the lord's command completely like his father did he didn't he didn't he was doing part of what God said he didn't do all of what God said none of us do. but what i 'm trying to tell you is. When we know to do the right thing and we refuse to do the right thing, that's rebellion. That's operating under the spirit of witchcraft. King Saul thought the anointing was on him, but it had departed from him because he was in rebellion. He refused to do what the Lord told him to do. The Lord sent the prophet to David, told David what what about what him uh, setting up Bathsheba's husband Uriah. He told him the whole story, but he didn't he didn't understand that the story. Was about him, but when he understood that the story was about him, he he gave it to him in a different way. But when he realized that the prophet Nathan said, "This is you. This is what you're doing," he was quick to repent. He didn't just say, "I know it. I understand," but he did something about it. He corrected his behavior. Repentance is evident. Godly sour worketh repentance unto salvation. You can see sorry. But when we got our, you know, there is a way that seems right to a man. But when my way is contrary to what God is saying, that's not God's way. When my way is contrary to God's word, that's not God's way. We have our plans. Many are the plans of a man, but the Lord, you know, the, the Lord's will is what's going to be done in the end. We have our plans. But until we line up with what God is saying, we even got our sermons that's contrary to what he's saying. Right now, what he, what he saying? Husbands love your wife, protect her, you know. Husband, man. women respect your husband. I'm talking about our homes being in order. I'm telling you. You know what? When I when I became a baby Christian, my first time ever really getting saved was 24. That's when I had a Damascus Street experience. I encountered God. I, that's how I learned about God is when I encountered, when he encountered me, when he I had a divine uh, revelation of him. I had a divine encounter of with Jesus Christ. That's how I met him. I had a revelation uh, relationship. I have a revelation of Jesus Christ. He is real to me. When I'm t- quote, talking to you about the word, I'm not, I'm not telling you a good Bible story. I'm telling you what have I experienced. I've, the Bible say taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm telling you the stuff that I'm telling you is the things that I've had to do. I I tell you what I tell you, I always told the Lord, I would never be a hypocrite. I wouldn't tell people to do something and then I not do it. That's being a hypocrite. Right? So if I tell you to love your husband, respect your husband, that means I have to be respecting my husband. That means I have to love my husband. Because I understand it doesn't matter how many clothes I give to the poor, it doesn't matter how many hungry people I feed. But if I'm nasty and all out of order in my house, God sees that. Is that not being hypocritical? The same I, I always tell people this, you know what? The same way you can be nice to the people in the street. If when you when you when the love is sincere, that's part of your character. When you're kind for real, you're just not kind to certain people. You're not just kind to some people. But you, you're the same all the way around. When anybody that knows me for real knows that this, how I'm talking to you, this is my real life. This is my real personality. I don't, uh, this fake and phoniness, sitting here telling people to do stuff and me not do, That's that's a hypocrite. There's a place for them. So sometimes God will not promote you because you haven't finished your, your last assignment. If your house is not in order, I always tell people this too, you know, the Bible says that the fear of a man causes a snare. So uh, God has to deliver you from the people before he can deliver you to the people, right? Because when you're not delivered from the fear of man, you can easily compromise, because you're thinking, "Oh, I can't say this because this th- this is happening with them, and that's what you know, God has delivered me from the people <laughs> and when I say that, it's uh when you love people for real, telling people the truth is not hard, because when I say something to somebody, it's not to crush them, even though it may crush because sometimes our our, our flesh needs to be crushed, and our pride now our pride needs to be crushed. God resists the proud. I remember I spoke with someone some uh, one time. They were so full of pride that I physically got sick at the stomach. How many of you know the Bible said that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So sometimes it's not people resisting you. Sometimes it could be God resisting you because God resists the proud. And guess what? When we're bent on doing things our way and we say, forget about you, God, just like King Saul did, he'll let you go. He'll let you go. You, you still be knowing Bible verses. And he may still use you occasionally because the gifts and calls are without repentance. He used a donkey. God used a donkey. He made the rocks cry out. He did that. Why did God use that donkey? It wasn't because he so loved the donkey. It was because he so loved the prophet. But the donkey could see what the prophet couldn't see. Why? Because his motive and in the intent of his heart was not right. I don't. He was gonna go curse God, people, for some money. He told him not to do it. The prophet of Baal. He, Balaam, he was gonna go and curse God's people. I'm sorry. I'm in the car. I don't have my Bible. I'm just uh, playing it by ear, whatever the Holy Ghost tells me to do. But uh, my subject was: don't, don't, don't complain about it. Pray about it. Foul your complaints with God. Philippians 4, 6 through 10. Read that. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Foul your complaint. For this is the confidence that we have, that not only does God hear us, but he will answer. When we ask anything according to his will, and we know that when we have confidence in God's love for us, that fear will have no place in us. Love the Lord that God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul. Because when we love God with every fiber of our being, that's when Jesus Christ can become our Lord. We must be able, we must give up the rebellious areas in our lives. Foul your complaints with God. Quit thinking it's okay not to do what God say. It's not okay to do what God say. Because the anointing had departed from Saul and he didn't even realize he was no longer covered. He was bent on it. He was bent on having his way. He was bent on it. And so guess what? The Lord let him have his way. If you want to have your way, he'll let you have your way. Because love is choice. It's not force. So my prayer today is that we will repent. That we will foul our disputes with the Lord and say, Lord, we're sorry. Um, We're sorry for doing things that we know is contrary to you. We're we sorry for fornicating, having sex outside of marriage as believers. And you told us not to do that. But Father, we come before you. We ask you to help us. We ask that you give us your wisdom, that you deliver us, and that you set us free, that you strengthen us. Because when we want to do things your way, you say you're present help in time of trouble. And there are some areas in our lives, Father, that we're in trouble and we need your help. We're sorry for not trusting you. We're sorry for complaining about it and not praying about it. Today is another day. OK, so there's no condemnation because guess what? Every day, God's grace and his mercy is fresh and it's new. So yesterday has gone. There's no need to feel condemned about what we did or didn't do yesterday. That's all gone. Today is another day that we get to do what God say. Today is a fresh start. So whatever it is in your life that you know that's contrary to God, that you not that's out of order. We just take it and we foul our complaints. No more. No more excuses. No more excuses. We, those justifiable sins, those justifiable wrong reactions. Oh well, if, if, if they, my wife would do this, then we would do that. Is the plan that we have? Is it God's plan? Is the plan that we have? Is it in line with the Word of God? Because if that, if it's not in line with the Word of God, then we're are, we're in rebellion. I don't know about you. But the word of God is for me because people aren't called to change other people. But God do use people to to manifest himself through in this earth to talk to other people. He will, if you lay your hands on somebody in faith, the spirit of the the living God will flow through your hands and people will get healed. Let's not rejoice. Jesus told the disciples, they came to him, they were so excited. They said, demons are subject to your name. We was able to cast out devils. Jesus said, listen here, don't, don't, don't rejoice that you cast out devils. Why? Because he was saying, my spirit caused that to happen. What you need to be rejoicing is that your spirit, because of the choice that you made, your spirit is going to cause your name to be written in the book of life. The gifts are from God. Let's praise God for the gift. The gift is not yours. The gift is God's. But the character, that's our part. What's your character like? What's our heart motive? Come on, let's not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. That spirit of pride, we call it down right now in the name of Jesus, Father. And we repent for trying to take credit for what you have done. The gift is from God. God. Who are we? We are are children of the most high God. To God belongs the glory. To God belongs the honor. To God belongs the praise. Let's get our heart in in line with the word of God. And then everything on the outside will begin to line up. We have to change our mindset to change where we're at. There's no condemnation because today is another day. And we get to do what God says. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not yet. Let's just fix right now where we're at. How about that? Okay. So there's no condemnation. Whatever whatever hit you or whatever hit me, that, that's gone. Today is a new day. God's grace and his mercy is sufficient for today. So if there was anything that was said that, that cut you or hit you or encouraged you or whatever, I don't know. If it's something we need to repent of, just say, Father, we're, we're sorry. And let's change our behavior. Because repentance is not just saying we're sorry. But repentance is a change of heart. It's a change of attitude. It's a change of mindset. And when we got all those things in, in line, like the Apostle Paul says as he went down, he said, And finally, brother, fix your mind on whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, whatsoever things are good report. I want you to think on these things. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to fear. Fear not, for God is with you. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't be afraid to do what God say. Because that's really what it is. The sin that leads to sin is doubt and unbelief. Y'all pop in and listen on that podcast. The sin that leads to sin. Because at the end of the day, everything comes out of unbelief. It's because I don't believe you that I don't do what you say. It's because I don't trust you that I don't do what you say. It's because I'm afraid to do what you say that I don't trust you. Everything again, everything. Jesus said, God said the reason they couldn't enter in was because of their unbelief. The children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of their evil heart of unbelief. And when we don't do what God say, it's because we don't believe what God say. There's no condemnation. It is what it is. And that's the God honest truth. Um, Jesus said, if you love me, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Okay, so um, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. There's no condemnation because, uh, once again, I always say fellowship, relationship, relationship, relationship. But in order to have a relationship with God, we have to fellowship with God through prayer, praise, reading the word. i spending quiet time with him. Okay, I'm getting ready to have to go because my time is almost up here. The Holy Spirit had me say a lot of things. Um, But what I want to say again, before I go off, is don't complain about it. Pray about it. Whatever it is that you hear yourself complaining about, that's your worry, your care, and your fears. Through prayer supplication with thanksgiving, take it to the Lord in prayer.